Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Welcome to Thursday, September 10th edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. I am your co-host, Joel L. Conan, along with Dennis Dick. And we have Mitch Hoach sitting in for the vacationing Spencer Israel. A little bit of red on the screen today, S&P futures. This would be the September. They're trading down eight and three quarters handles at 3391 uh, spent a little time in the 34 handle, 34.11, your pre-market high. That's only 20 handles away. Pre-market low, 33.74.75. We are just sitting at mid-range on the session. Our crew trying to rebound but can't do it two days in a row. Down 54 cents at 37.51. Gold just hanging out in the 1900 handle. Gold is down just seven, uh, 70 cents here, 19.53. Silver going the opposite direction. That's up almost 20 cents here at 27.27. And let's call Bitcoin uh, flat on the session. On today's show, we got some earnings to cover from Restoration Hardware, Zscaler, GameStop. Uh, we got PPI coming out at 8.30. We also have uh, some jobs, uh, jobless claims at 8.15. Uh, Tiffany left out in the cold on their merger with uh, Louis Vuitton. Uh, Boeing under ethics probe over a NASA contract. So we got a lot to cover today. Uh, earnings after the close Peloton. I'm so nervous about that one. That continues to rally. Uh, let, let's bring in uh, Triple D here on this Thursday morning. And uh, wow. I'd say overall, just kind of kind of a quiet morning, huh? Uh, not really. No? Uh, we just rallied 10 handles. What do you want, Joel? 10 I mean, handles? You make a big deal out of 10 handles? I make just because you get volatility all of a sudden the last couple of days doesn't mean we're going to rally around 50 points every day for you here. I wish it would stay with these 50, 60-point ranges, but we've had some chop. We're chopping around pretty good right Rebound now. interrupted is what I, I titled the show. Uh, we do have the rollover of the contract uh, today. That's uh, December is officially going to be the front month. That's what you're seeing here. But I'm still following to September. You still get a little bit of topsy-turvy action here as the uh, contracts roll over. A little bit of choppiness. But it's just, just a buy the dip. We put in the low yesterday morning and had a nice rally yesterday pulling back. Is this, is this just giving investors just a chance to get in on the cheap before we blast the new all-time highs? I don't know. Who knows? Where <laughs> we're, you, you try to predict this market more than a day, you get yourself into trouble. So, you know, you got to take and look at the situation. Obviously, buy the dip mentality is back. It came back yesterday hard. I mean, it, it's kind of interesting 
that in order to stop the tech wreck, it actually took bad COVID news to do it. The AstraZeneca was the catalyst to stop the tech wreck. And we know AstraZeneca stopped their trials. They've been talking about it every other segment on oh CNBC. Oh, my Lord, I know. Yeah, it's been talked about so much um, because of the one person that got sick. Well, that day, that night on that news, tech got hit on it. And then all of a sudden, about 20 minutes later, like, wait a second, wait a second. We don't sell tech on bad COVID news. We buy tech on bad COVID news and, and bad vaccine news. And they started buying up the tech and they haven't stopped since. So it took AstraZeneca, bad data, or not bad data, it took AstraZeneca, somebody getting sick on the trials to stop the tech wreck. And now you're in full, like everybody thinks, okay, this was a chance I got to get in. And obviously, you know, we saw Tesla have a huge rally since the lows up another 17 points here this morning. So you're talking about 50 points off the lows here now. Apple uh, trading 118. Um, a lot of tech coming back here. The question is, again, do we run into overhead supply issues here? We may. It, it, it's difficult to tell if it's, they're just going to start to just plow through it anyways. Uh, Tesla trying to fill a gap here. Uh, nice follow through through yesterday. 400, a psychological level. Uh, Mitch talked about that uh, last week, trading up 1721, trading at the highs of the pre market session. I would think it stalls out there the first time, don't you? 400 uh, the first time. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yep. What do you think, Mitch? That's what you. Uh, the other day that's, was it yesterday? That's or the your number, Mitch. It was yesterday. Um, most people thought I was a little crazy, thinking that I was going to come back up there to four hundred. But that that whole that's dollar price point. That's that's where I'm going to be looking to hit today. I'll look for a little pop into, and then once it rejects VWAP, rejects that opening price, like Joel always talks about. That's when I'll be looking to go and hammer it. What stocks are you in right now, Mitch? Are you are you playing the Tesla or are you just looking at it just as a, you know, to, uh, uh, just a trade? Or, to tell, you, to tell yeah. you the truth, I, I missed it in March. Um, when it when it dropped to 400 in March, that I think that was definitely the time. I mean, everyone's worried about the 400 economy. pre five for one yeah, pre, split. So you're talking about like split. 75 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and because, we all missed it. Yeah, we missed it Except because Joel. we we were we were worried about the whole economy and not looking at that stock in particular. Yeah. I mean, if we were looking at that stock in particular, we would have probably been like Raz and and, and bought it up there. Um, I think he got five hundred. Yeah, how's it long before that though? <laughs> I I wrote it up and uh, and wrote it down. But uh, let's uh, we we do have some interesting uh, earnings to talk about yeah. today, and uh, let's start with the ones that after the close had a little fireworks. Maybe. I mean, this is just the pre-earnings trade, the pre-earnings <laughs> run. It's so predictable. It's it seems so it's so easy. It's it's such a predictable and such an easy trade. It almost seems silly, but it just continues to work. Peloton, if you're buying it ahead of the report, we talked about this on the show yesterday morning. I said this is probably going to get the pre-earnings run. It did. I was long it. I've actually sold it now. It's had such a pop-up now, um, 93.81. I just had it on for a short-term, uh, short-term trade, overnight trade, just because it's going to report earnings, and you know they're going to talk about it. They gave it love on fast money. Stock continues to go higher. Chewy, same thing. I've also had that one overnight, but it got up to 63 last night, and I sold it as well. So I'm out of these two trades now, but these pre-earnings run trades just continue, especially in the story stocks like a Peloton. There's no doubt. And, and it's, it's, this is why it works. It, it doesn't always work on the smaller companies because they're not going to get the media coverage. Correct. But on Peloton, it's like they talk about it multiple times on you know uh, in the media, obviously, and on CNBC because they're going to report earnings. What's the option traders think? What are our traders think? What do the fast money traders think? So it's getting the pre-earnings run. Everybody knows they're going to blow it away. The question is, is it all baked in? That's still to be determined tonight. What do you think about Oracle also? Uh, they'll be it got some also. love on CNBC last night too. Now, Oracle's old school. I own Oracle in my long-term investment portfolio. I'm probably never selling it. I bought it back during the financial crisis at $9, so I don't want to trigger the capital gain. But you know what? It's old tech. It hasn't been loved. The only reason Oracle has shown some life here in the last couple of weeks and a little more volatility is because TikTok. You know, there's been talk that Oracle was, you know, sneaking around and talking, you know, about acquiring TikTok as well. You know, we know Microsoft, Walmart, Oracle, Twitter, multiple players still looking at the U.S. operations of TikTok. And that's why Oracle was getting, you know, some pops the last few days. But Oracle is the perennial disappointer on earnings. It always seems time. like it, yeah. it always seems like it misses, gets slammed. 
And then you look at it three months later and it gets all the losses back somehow. It's, it's, it's a boring stock though. This is not a wild stock. It trades boring. The, I honestly, I've sold a lot of my old school tech stocks. I would probably sell this one too. The only reason I haven't, like I said, is because I don't want to trigger the huge capital gain on it. Hey, so it's like what Big Bill said in the chat. Uh, it's a dog. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's been, it has been. You think about what tech has done. And Oracle's cloud, you know, database, they, you know, they've got some of that stuff too. And it's really done nothing. I mean, it doesn't go anywhere, so it doesn't lose you money either. It is a dividend play to a certain extent. It's got a 1.67% dividend. But you look at the last five years in the chart of Oracle. Go and bring it up there, Joel, if you can. Sure. I mean, really, since 2017, we've gone nowhere. So you can say, okay, it's the last three years. Oracle has basically gone nowhere. And the queues in that same time frame have basically doubled. So it's been an underperformer, a huge underperformer, a big laggard. Um, I, I don't know if it's that exciting. Like maybe they beat, maybe this is going to be the time they break out. But we usually see the disappointment after the earnings. So I, I wouldn't want to own Oracle under the report. It just it's slow and steady, you know. Nothing, you know, nothing real sexy. I mean, you have made some money being in the opposite this. of sexy. Yeah, just grinding higher, not uh, not your Apple or tech, you know, Tesla or some of these other stocks. But uh, it always it always seems like they get slammed off to the report, and then they just kind of battle back and then come to another report. But that that's Friday. Uh, that's tomorrow uh, before the uh, open. Oracle's, yeah, Oracle's tomorrow night. Tomorrow. And right. so is Peloton. I'm sorry. I said Peloton reports tonight. It is tomorrow. No, wait a second. Peloton yeah. is tonight. 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 Yeah. When I'm I, looking uh, at my, yeah, I am. I'm looking at the wrong sheet here. So sorry. All right, guys. Let's Pel talk about. No, Oracle's tonight too. I have Oracle tonight. Yeah. I had Oracle tonight also. They, okay. Nothing ever reports Friday night. Yeah. If you look, you know, you can just strike Friday night. You never have to look. There's hardly ever a stock that reports on a Friday night. What one does report on the, Friday night? The, the problem I'm getting confused with is because it feels like Wednesday today. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm still screwed up. It's, yeah, the I, holiday, I'm just the realizing holiday. it's Thursday. <laughs> you know, I've been up for three hours already this morning. And I've just realized today, right now that it's Thursday and not Wednesday. I go oh. by the days of the week. I'm on my third trading day of the week. <laughs> it's Wednesday. Oh, no. <laughs> They pulled the rug out from under me on that one because of Labor Day. So it's actually Thursday. So, yeah, we get Peloton, Oracle, and Chewy tonight. Let's talk Chewy, C-H-W-Y, another story stock that um, obviously is getting some a, a little bit of love here in the pre-earnings run here this morning. It's trading up here. Um, I don't know if they mentioned on CBC last night, but it was still getting love last night. It traded up to $63. Um, I sold it last night just because it was already trading up, and I, I like to buy these things ahead of the earnings run. Is it going to get another pre-earnings run today? It might. Uh, I don't know if I want to hold it through the earnings, but you think about it was a, it was an environment that Shui probably performed. I mean, everybody's buying stuff online, so your online pet food store. You're not going to the pet stores. You're going on ordering it online. CHWY is probably going to blow it away as well. So maybe I do want to own this one through the report. Uh, up 73 cents this morning, ticked just over 63 in the after hours. You had a break off 75, a pretty pretty good three-day skid. You see where it found support in the same area as it did in late August. Let's go 75 to 56. That's but This is called 20-point move. Uh, you're getting right back into that 50% retracement area, 65, 66. Uh, Aaron, I just think it's going to have a hard time. I don't think we're going right back to that uh, that four-day high just because it's earnings and people want to lighten up a little bit. Uh, that four-day high comes in at 69.53. And if you look at it, we're also quite a distance even from yesterday's high at 65.30. So you got some work to do in Chewy here. Not showing a ton of strength this morning, but you know you also have a market. I think it's looking great this morning. So I completely disagree with you. The stock's trading up 1% here on a market that's trading down. So I think it was showing strength last night too. I think Chewy runs today. I don't know what it does after the bell, although I think it's going to beat. I don't know what the stock does after the bell. I think I think it's going to six, I don't think it's going to sixty five thirty today. I think it could. I'm not going to make a bet on it, but I think it could. Okay, all right. So we'll I see. think I think and it depends obviously if the tech rolls over. I mean, and my market's going to drive this. So, but if the queues hold up and the queues have went green here now, um, I think Chewy gets some love too. Chewy Peloton, I think both get some pre earnings love here this, today. 
Peloton's getting the pre-earnings run and it's trading up near its highs and it's breaking out. This was at 75, went to 56. It's had a major run. People are scratching their heads saying, you know, they got caught in that onslaught from uh, three or four days ago. And I think they're going to want to lighten up ahead of the report. So That's why we have a market. Joel's bearish. I'm bullish. I'm bullish today. I think Chewy gets nope. around. Okay, we'll keep an eye on the that. The stock that is getting a run here this morning, sorry to take over here so much, but I really want to talk about is Penn Gaming. Mm. Um, Let's get into that. Th- this stock, I-, I own it. I bought it last week. You know, I was buying it on the dip. I talked about it. It's breaking out to new highs here now. This is a sexy stock. And it's because Dave Portnoy is hot. He's talked about continuously. Jim, Jim Cramer mentions him 10 times every nope. every day on CNBC. I don't know why, but he does. Um, and he's not going away. So obviously, Penn Gaming and Dave Portnoy are very linked together. This remains a hot story. And we have Rosenblatt love here today. Mitch, can you yep. give us the details from Rosenblatt? Yep. So we got uh, coverage on it. And they actually got a buy rating. And, and I think that's very important. A buy rating and the price target of $80. I mean, and Rosenblatt, you know, you hear from them every once in a while and they pop out, you know, and cover some stocks and people listen. Rosenblatt's widely followed in the institutional community there. We have a relationship with them at Bray Trading as well. Um, I, I, it's a new highs. I mean, the stock's breaking out. It's, six, it's up 6% here. <laughs> I, want, I own the stock and I want to own more. So that, that tells you something. Every time this is pulling back, it's a buying opportunity. I think Penn Gaming is going to 100 bucks. It's just my thought process. I think it's going to 100 bucks. I am talking my book right now because I am long it. Um, it's been an incredible stock. And really nothing. I mean, it's trading up strong. I don't think it's going to 100 that. bucks today. I'll tell you yeah. that, though, Joel. <laughs> yeah, but knows? I think eventually Penn Gaming is going to take 100 bucks. Uh, you just, you have a pair of highs, same area, pre-market trading. If I know no one's looking for targets here on the long side, but on your 15-minute chart, two highs at 62.56. So if you're buying this on a pullback, you pull back to 61. Be. That was it. 61's been your pullback. 62.56 if you have a potential target. Besides that, breaking out to, uh, to new old-time highs. Also, uh, isn't there a football game tonight? Uh, yeah. professional football game. Yeah, man. NFL yep, starting. Yeah. NFL. The Chiefs. Yeah. Chiefs and Texans. The yep. Houston Texans. I mean, that's good for DraftKings. DraftKings is trading up here as well. Penn Gaming is up here. LCA, the chat has been talking about it. Um, it is trading up here as well. Yes. I'm still along LCA and Penn Gaming. I like them relative to DKNG because I think the valuations aren't as crazy on these stocks. And I think there's room to run. LCA made new all-time highs yesterday too. So yes, I'm still on both these stocks. Nope. Trying not to look at them because <laughs> you so, know me. I'm like, I start making the money. I was like, oh, I better book these profits. The short-term scalper blood in me. I'm trying not to look at LCA and trying not to look at Penn because I believe in both of the stories. Here. I think, you know, diversification comes in here and you look at GAN. GAN is on. Oh, we haven't looked at GAN for a while. I was just thinking that too. I was just going to look You know at what? That. Yeah, we could get just down to hanging out. GAN yeah. here. The Jason Rasnick pick. I don't yeah. mind it. I like that 19 right there. Uh, just hanging out there on the daily. That's cool, um, Mitch. You know, with all the positives and the other stocks, yeah. could see some lift come in today. Yeah. See the push go through 20. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you here because um, this has kind of been a sleepy one here. But the thing behind the thing, which Jason Rasnick always talks about, we know he's long it. It hasn't been getting any love for a while, but could this start of NFL season, you know, be, you know, a catalyst here to kickstart GAN as well? I mean, it's Uh, kickstarting Penn Gaming. Rosenblatt's helping with that this morning. DraftKings is starting to perk right up here. LCA has been perking up here for the better part of a month. Could Gan? I, I like the call here. I think Gan gets some love here today too. So I might be trying. I don't have it. Stuff. I'll be trying to buy it maybe. Yeah, the maybe case. MGM. Um, yeah, the MGM, uh, these gaming stocks, I mean, I think they're still a little bit more tied to the COVID with the with the operation. Th- this is nothing uh, to do with Penn. I know you can say, oh, Penn Gaming and MGM, but Penn's running on Portnoy and the sports betting. MGM, Las Vegas Sands, WYNN, even though they might have some of that, there's so much more tied into the actual casino, casino gambling, yep. the physical establishment that, and you can say Penn Gaming has that too, and they do, 
but it's not viewed that way. It's sentiment towards the stock. And these stocks are viewed as reopening stocks. These stocks have not performed well whatsoever. We know I can throw it right in with the Boeing and the airlines. Um, so if you think you're going to play the sports betting play through an MGM or a Las Vegas Sands, you're playing it wrong. Even though they have it, it's too small of an overall portion of their revenues to make a difference. That's my opinion. If you want to play sports betting, you play one DKNG, Penn, or LCA. That's my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, at the end of the day, the service, I like GAN. Um, I compared a lot to a, another stock that I like, uh, Twilio. Um, Twilio? Yep. I compare it to that. Um, in the long run, um, when, when I used to see Twilio, um, it was at $30. That's when I first started trading. And a lot of people hit this stock because it, it, it's a service. Um, and it used to provide service for Uber, Lyft, a lot of the major companies. Um, so what I like in GAN is that they, they pretty much package gambling uh, platforms for different companies that want to come in to invest in this space. So that's what I like it. You know, it's kind of like going to the experts. Um, if you want to get into this space, I think these are the guys to talk to. So I think it's a long you've got me sold yeah. on the GAN story. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get it today here. It is trading up here already in the pre-market, but if I can get it in anywhere, you know, 19 <laughs> under 1970, I'm probably going to try it. I do not have GAN right now. We know I sold it. I talked about that back at 26. I have not rebought it. Looking to rebuy this one here. All right. right, let's go ahead and let's got me sold. Sold to you. Story. Sold, uh, hopefully sold to me. Another <laughs> hot story here, guys. Uh, Corvo, um, Kramer talking a lot about this stock. Um, it actually raised quarter two sales guidance above estimates. And the company noted demand during September quarter for its 4G and 5G mobile products exceeding original expectations. So 4G and 5G in play here. This is an Apple supplier as well. Um, if you look at the other Apple suppliers, you actually have an upgrade at Cirrus Logic from Craig Hallam this morning. So CRUS is getting some love too. And you got to think with those two stocks trading up, Skyworks is going to probably be a sneaky, get some sneaky love too. SWKS is Skyworks. I'd be looking to buy Skyworks here near the open. I think it could run. Yep. All right, all these stocks, just similar, you know, just coming off with the tech, finding a bottom, not not necessarily in another daily support area, but just there was some profit taking in the last couple of days, and now these stocks are on the rebound. So the charts in there is, uh, look very similar, and then Apple has an event coming up, right? Uh, a yep. big reveal, so that'll be interesting to see. They usually talk about a company or two that they're you know using supplier or switching suppliers. So all these stocks are on the move uh, right now. Uh, Skyworks is flat. Uh, let's go back a little bit. We did have uh, some earnings after the close and also this morning, uh, Mitch, we had some movers after the close. You want to cover those? Yeah, let's go into Restoration Hardware Holdings. That's RH, ticker RH. They reported stronger than expected results for the second quarter. The company also said that it expects to reach a 20% adjusted operating margin in the year, uh, the guidance of 2020. Uh, the RH also climbed 14% to 366 in after hours trading. The stock, me and Joel don't understand, but it just <laughs> continues to run. I think the Raz was involved in this one for a while too. And obviously, right. You know who had this one early and was dead right was Goldman Sachs. I can still remember back in 2017, <laughs> I, and I the stock was trading at $28 and they upgraded this to like a strong buy and put like some ridiculous, like $70 price target on it. And it popped like 20% the next day. And it has never stopped since. And obviously it's blown through all that. Now 300, I don't know where Goldman is on it now, but I can remember the upgrade back from 2017. And right, 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 right. And I don't understand it. Like I look at this store and see $5,000 couches. I look like you bought them at an antique store sale. or a garage sale. I can't understand it whatsoever, but it continues to perform. So Anything I say about this, don't even listen to me on RH. I've been dead wrong about it the whole way up. And mall base too. You know? A lot of them are mall based. Now they yeah. have a huge online presence. And I think that's what's really driven it lately is their online presence. But man, I do not understand well, why this stock also- is $377 and why it continues to perform like it does. When you think about where retail is, 
And then you think about this, it's like mind boggling to me, but you know what? You can't argue with performance. And I, it's why I just stay away from this one. Cause I don't understand it, but it continues to go. And it's the uh, uh, subscriptions, right? I think that is a big driver behind this. And I think that's something that uh, Raz talked a while, a while ago about, you know, you got that monthly uh, revenue stream coming in, but yeah, with uh, interesting. Oh, like it's tell you, it's three ninety. Someone got really excited on that print and printed 390. Right now, someone's trying to let go some stock at 380 here. We've hit that the last couple brackets, but that's it. On a pullback, after you hit that 390, you found buyers at 360. So on the way back for our age here. And it's making a new all-time high, but it's making it by a wide, wide margin. A former all-time high that was made last month was at uh, wow, 345.46. So a good $30 above that. So nice move. Congrats to our uh, longs and restoration hardware. RH. Yeah, guys, just a tip to, to let you guys know it will be on Kramer today. So keep an eye on that one. Tonight. Yeah, tonight. All right, guys, another one. Let's take a look at, and, and I had to be honest here, guys, I'm a bear in this stock, uh, GameStop. GameStop reported wider than expected loss for its second quarter, while sales also missed estimates. GameStop shares tumbled 10.5% to $6.58 in the after-hours trading. Um, I, I'm definitely a bear in this stock. I feel like every single time it pops or every single time someone jumps in this, it's, it's time to sell, not time to buy. Well, you've been listening to pre-market prep for the last five years then because <laughs> me and Joel have hated GameStop forever, one we've absolutely had correct i've been saying the same thing every pop is always always seems like an opportunity just to sell gamestop the latest pop looks like the same thing now with that being said um you know video games are hot right now this is a physical video game store if you've been playing the video game craze you've probably been disappointed with gamestop unless you bought it three weeks ago when it had its little pre-earnings run and a little bit of love but i there's so many better ways to play you want to play games you buy activision blizzard you buy take two you buy EA. I own two of those three. So Glue Mobile, Zynga. I mean, there's so many different ways you can play the gaming aspect. Why go to a mall-based video game store? Because malls suck. If you want a cheap one, uh, Slug. Slug is a cheap one. What do you got? What do you got? What is that? S-L-G-G. S-L-G-G? I've never traded that one before. What's the story on this one, Mitch? All right. So this is an eSports gaming stock. Um, It's gotten some lifts, but the only thing you got to be careful about this one is the offerings. Just like with any cheap stock, Um, you got to always be careful about them dropping the offerings. Um, But this one uh, goes along with ASE. ASE? AESE. AESE. Yep. And those two run hand in hand. I never even knew that. You got me a little pair trade going on here. A-E-S-E and Slugster, S-L-G-G. I'm writing those down. Better gaming play. Never traded either of these stocks. You're going, you're you're finding some diamonds in the rough or maybe not. (laughs) They may just be, they may be the opposite of diamonds. These are pretty rough looking stocks. They're opposite of the charts that, and the stocks that you look at and trade. Pretty ugly charts here, (laughs) Mitch. You're definitely buying laggards. You're buying these ones. I got a pretty one for you. Turtle Beach. The one that you didn't really like when it yeah, popped over 12. The headphones. I, yeah, I think the this headphones. one's a good one for the year. You, you know what? Much it's, better, it's performed much better with chart. the gaming aspect as well. This has been a video game play. I like the double bottom at 16. I don't mind the technicals here. 1780. Now you're a little bit ways away from it, Joel. What do you think? Oh, that's nice. I mean, that had to Nicer. run up. Yeah. Well, bet, compared to also yeah. anything under like a buck fifty, two bucks. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so subject to, you know, manipulation and short squeezes and rumors yep. and innuendo. It's, you know, not, don't like to be involved in stocks like that. But uh, this had that nice move to 21, hit a brick wall there in August. You came back up there at the end of August, it's September, had the little pullback, five point move. Uh, right, four, five, get two and a half, get you back 18 and a half, 19 area, much better looking chart than that one. Going back to GameStop, it's uh, 
it's like the big boys come in in this one and say, oh, we've just bought 87 million shares, and then it gets the pop, and then it seems to disappoint on earnings. I think, who, Mitch, you mentioned the guy's name, the guy that wrote the book about the financial crisis. Yeah, um, the big short guy, Michael Baer. He's been in for a while, so he's up on this thing, but I just think someone recently uh, did nope. that too. So I don't know. I think – uh, a little bit of maybe the buy the dip may come in here in this one. Don't like the fundamentals at all, but I don't know. You get that activist action. Who knows if they've been selling at eight bucks over the last couple of days. Uh, but this one, high short interest too. Some So shorts underwater may be looking. Got under 620, but uh, now back. I think that gap up day, what was that low? I think as long as you can hold this five, oof, we're a ways away from 569. Uh, that was low on the gap update. That's when one of the big investors uh, announced its stake, 668 to close on that day, and then 765. So bottom of yesterday's range, 731. That's not too far away if you're looking for a gap fill. All right, guys, let's go ahead and let's move forward to Lakeland Industries. Uh, their quarter two earnings per share, $1.16 up from uh, 17 cents year over year. Yeah. Uh, their sales at 35.02 million missed um, from 35.22 million estimate. They're making a ton of money right now. This environment will never be as good for them as it is right now. And everybody knows it. Cause if you can look, you're like, holy cow, stock's making a dollar, you know, 25. And if they keep doing this, you know, this thing making four or $5, it's trading with a P of four. Everybody knows this is good times. This obviously, you know, PPE maker is going to be doing and, and firing on all cylinders. And it's probably not going to continue like that a year from now. So that's why stock's still trading at $22. With that being said, quarter was okay. Um, but everybody knew it was going to be pretty good. So top last time I had the huge pop on pop, earnings, yeah, not getting it this time. Yeah, well, it did. It did get up to 2450 and then pulled back, and now you're still trading up uh, $0.38. Cents. So if you're playing this from the long side, you don't want to see this thing go red on you. And then you just got a bunch of highs in the same area. You're not too far away from that. Uh, 22.70 uh, was one high, and then the next two days it was 22.75. So still $0.70 cents away from there. Uh, major resistance. I'd see no breakout until you can get into that 23 handle. Uh, keep an eye on unchanged. Yesterday's low, 2108. It's about a buck away. All right, guys. Before we continue here, I want to take a second to make sure that you guys go ahead and hit the like button down below. Hit the subscribe. I want to give a couple shout-outs to a couple of our regulars. We got Haley, Jackie, Doug, Hector, Wilkin. Are you correct? And, of course, I want to give a shout-out to I Need Money. I Need Money giving us a <laughs> nice little tip nice here. Uh, I know you guys don't need it, but just wanted to share some dividends with you. So thank you for sharing the dividends, sharing the love. So definitely hit the like down below, guys, and let's continue on with our day here. Um, we also got news from Yum C. Yum C is actually Yum China, and they generated $2.2 billion in their IPO, uh, issuing 41.9 million shares in Hong Kong at approximately $53.16. Why is this important, guys? Because there's a lot of uh, these stocks that have done these separate offerings in Hong Kong. And, of course, our president mentioning uh, threats about delisting Chinese companies from the country's exchanges. So definitely got to keep an eye on these. But as you can see, they're still getting some love out of Hong Kong. And obviously, this is now trading actively over in Hong Kong. So, you know, you're seeing the move just mimic what it did last night. Because last night, if you look at the Benzinga Pro 329, it was telling you, yeah, I'm China, it's up 3.7%. So we just follow that now. That's the one thing, you know, when we talk about European stocks, you know, we kind of know where they are because they've been trading in Europe. A lot of the China and the big names like Yum China, Alibaba, have traded exclusively over here for years and not traded over in Hong Kong. Now that they have Hong Kong listings too, we're going to start seeing, you know, that we're just following their action. So, and obviously, you know, the overnight, you know, China was open and now, and now we're just trading down 4%, just following the 3.7% fall over in China. Technicals are a little different on this. I mean, is the offering shaving, you know, part of no, the price? No, no, no. The offering was from last week, September 4th. Oh, okay. So this was, it's now listed, but this was the debut I believe last night for, um, for, for, for trading on, on, on Hong Kong and it fell last night. So there you go. 
50 bucks. Uh, that, that's where you hit. Almost got there in pre-market trading. It had a pair of lows there at the end of July, and then one just under 50. A bunch of 50, 50, 50, 50. I'd see uh, four or five lows in that area since July. So we'll see if we get to that area uh, in today's trading. Uh, S&Ps, we've gotten back a lot of the uh, losses from earlier. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, back over on un- un- Back over halfway on the session, going back towards that close, the close yesterday, uh, 3400 and a quarter. This is basis uh, the September contract. Uh, you want to sneak, sneak in maybe one more earnings report here before we uh, bring on our guest, and our guest is going to be Ryan Dietrich from LPL Financial. He will have some amazing statistics for us, but uh, let's sneak one more in, Mitch. All right. Let's sneak actually in the jobs numbers here. Uh, jobless claims coming out for September here. Uh, so we got September 4th at 884,000 versus expected 846. Um, so prior was 881. So we're definitely seeing that uh, we actually uh, beat that number. You know, uh, the expectation was actually lower. So we're going to see how this reacts to the market. How's the market doing? Chopping uh, around. Yeah. It, the, the employment numbers really doesn't seem to, to care that much. I mean, hanging mid-range on the session. Uh, we still we had PPI coming. Everyone wants inflation to uh, to heat up. It's not really doing it yet, but uh, the market seems to be okay with uh, you know the seven, eight, nine unemployment, and you know compared to where it was before, where considering where it got up into March and April, you know, seven, eight percent sounds really darn good. So we will uh we'll keep an eye on the futures, just hanging out here down seven and a half. Uh couple stocks. I just before we, we go uh, just Nicola, N K L A just giving back all of those gains from What's the story yeah, here? I got Why? it. I got it. So He's got it. What ended up happening is, and it, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Doug in the chat because he just mentioned it also. So Hindenburg yesterday, they put out a, a tweet saying that they were going to put out a report on a company to look out for it. Um, and this morning they put out that report on Nicola, um, a short report on Hindenburg research claims that it's gathered extensive evidence on false statements by Nicola's founder, Trevor Milton, over an extended period of time, we have never seen this level of deception at a public company, especially of this size, alleges Hindenburg. I mean, so, GM just did deal with them. So I would think GM does their due diligence to a certain extent, I would think. Um, and we have seen Hindenburg. Obviously, they short the stocks. And, you know, with a lot of these, you know, companies, they do this. They short the stocks and they write the reports and then they make the money when the stocks come in. I mean, we know Citron is doing it for years. They were one of the first to do it. Hindenburg, Muddy Waters, there's a bunch from them that do this. Um, Hindenburg's the new hot one. You know, they come out with something that really gets slammed. With that being said, the stock is very promotional. And what do we mean by that? Alan Brockstein is talking about with the pot stocks. They're out there and they're just pumped in their tires. They're like on CNBC and they're talking it up, talk to stock up, talk to stock up, talk to stock up. Very promotional. Um, I don't like that in a stock. I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, they've got a cool product and they got to pump it to a certain extent to tell and let people know about it. But always talking, you know, it's just so promotional on the stock itself as well, which I don't care for. But still, um, you know, uh, with GM making that huge investment, I would think GM's done their due diligence and makes me more inclined to maybe shrug off the Hindenburg stuff. I know it's down 8% here this morning um, and giving it all back, but you still got GM behind them doing that. And valuation has always been crazy here which is why i don't have in my long-term account but if i was trading it's filling the gap here now i think you find support in the mid 30s here how low have we been joel uh we're at the lows of the session it trading this, at 30 when did this come out the hindenburg uh, uh no do we know like um, just a few minutes ago I got you. do we know I got you. It yeah, must have been a half hour, 45 minutes ago. But uh, we'll pick that discussion up after our guest here, Ryan Dietrich, uh, Chief Market Strategist at LPL Financial. Good morning, Ryan. You got that nice-looking background there. You got the microphone. Uh, definitely yeah. an upgrade. How you doing? Well, thank you. Yeah, I've got my dog literally laying next to me, too. He was just barking a minute ago, so I said, be quiet. Sometimes I'm in the <laughs> office, but I am at home, and I'm just in my guest room. But, hey, there's beauty of a green screen and Zoom. We're uh, 
we're all learning how to make this world work. So it does look, uh, it gives a perception. I know what I'm talking about, I guess. We'll see what I say the next 10 minutes, but at least it looks good. All right. Well, you, uh, we got promoted you to a panelist there. So I know yep. you come up with amazing statistics and some uh, amazing charts. So I'll let you drive from here. I just want to, you know, the, the big rally, you stayed with the big rally. Little bit of correction. I mean, is this is it? You know, is this what we needed here? Just turn around. This is the correction going right back up. It sure feels that way. Just to make a hundred percent sure, you guys see my screen right now. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Awesome. Good. Good. So I am in control. That's great. So yeah, I mean, you've been coming on for a while, saying it looks like we want to go higher. Now, I I, I traded options for ten years uh, before I became on the money management side of things, and you know, the chart I have here I think is awesome, right? I mean, the Economist, right? This is just one newspaper, but at the week of the lows, they're talking about the world being closed. About a month ago, they had that free money cover. Okay, so that was like whoa! After a record five-month win streak, we know all the stuff. You know, up sixty percent off the highs. You see that, and there was another one a couple of weeks ago by Reuters. I'm going to paraphrase it. It was along the lines of the unstoppable tech rally. And I'm just thinking, you know, if anything I've learned is when everyone's on one side of the boat, that's when you need to get a little more cautious. So it made sense to us that we're going to have some type of a. Um, correction of pullback and the next chart i want to show here is is kind of the idea of that so we know this has been a record start right i mean just a 60 percent rally in about five months i mean we we all know that but what i've overlaid here on the chart is kind of how the other best bull markets ever started up to this point so i've got the 82 bull market and then the 2009 bull market the first year what they did what was fascinating to me but as you can see they had big rallies okay initially and then about between month five and six Sure enough, you hit some turbulence, a little bit of a well-deserved correction. And then what's important, what Mark Twain tell us, history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. The upward trajectory did continue that first year. Now, I get it. I'm kind of cherry-picking two of the best bull markets we've ever seen. But this is what this matches up to. I mean, one more stat, and we can kind of have a little more conversation. Up five months in a row, okay, I just took a look at that for the S&P. That's happened 26 other times, guys, since World War II. One year later. The S&P's higher, 25 of them, okay, oh. with some really good performance. So listen, I, I don't make it up. I'm just re just relaying it. It's just one part of the data. But, you know, Newton said object, object in motion stays in motion unless something kind of knocks it out of the way. And believe me, anything with what's going on in this world could knock this bull market out of the way. But 25 out of 26 times higher a year later after five straight up months, at LPL Research, we've been siding with this bull market for a while. Maybe a little bit of, you know, September, October pre-election jitters tends to be rough months. Uh, the over-the-top over sentiment, in my view, uh, we, we needed some type of correction here. Uh, but, but bigger picture, it still looks like this bull market's alive and well. I mean, you look at the big picture here and you think it couldn't, you got a pandemic and it really derailed it temporarily, but then it just bounced right back and they found a reason to buy. And I was just saying, even with the disappointment from AstraZeneca, which is, you know, two, uh, two yeah. nights ago, right. um, the market really got hit on it initially. And then they're like, oh, this is an excuse to buy tech stocks. And it's funny that the bad news from AstraZeneca on you know, their trials being stopped because of the one person that was sick was right. the catalyst to kickstart the tech rally because you know, they're all of a sudden, oh, this, uh, stay at home. Let's go buy our Apples. Let's go buy our Microsofts. Let's go buy our gaming stocks. Let's go buy our Pelotons because they, we know how this game plays out. And those were the stocks that were getting hit the hardest. And those are the stocks that have rallied the ba back the furthest in the last 24 hours. So even the bad news, they find the silver lining to make it good news. And that's this market. It's just lived on silver lining for a long, long time. And what derails that? No, you're right. I mean, real quickly on the pullback, I mean, I tweeted this. In three days, the NASDAQ went from an all-time high to down 10%. That's the fastest correction in the history of the NASDAQ. I know NASDAQ 100's had a couple other instances. But for the NASDAQ, that's the fastest all-time high to down 10%. I looked at the other previous, I think, 11 times that it took less than a month to go from all-time high to down 10%. The return six months later, guys, you're not going to believe this, NASDAQ up 23% on average higher, okay? So these big pullbacks, again, just one sample size but or one example, but they tend to resolve higher. But what, res, what does knock us off? I, I think it is, you know, kind of what you just talked about. I mean, I, I think the sentiment got a little too lopsided, right? I mean, you know, I've got some other charts here. We can maybe, um, you know, we can maybe the election, right? Maybe it's the election. Maybe the uncertainty election. Let's maybe. be honest. We might wake up on November 4th and not have a president. I mean, it's, it's looking more and more likely. So the chart I got here, I might have shared with you before, but I mean, everybody wants to talk about the election. You know, who might win the election? Well, 
We still think it's closer to a coin flip, but check out the chart. If, if President Trump's going to lose, stocks will start to weaken here and now, right, the next couple of months. If he's going to win, in all likelihood, history says stocks do pretty well ahead of the election. All right? if, if the S&P's up or down three months before the election, stocks have been, quote unquote, right 87% of the time since the late, late 1920s. So that's kind of interesting. You know, I mean, I think it's as simple as, hey, the market's comfortable with who's in office, it's going to rally. If it's a little little dicey, because I think someone might, might, you know, pull off the upset and have a new party in power, then maybe you have a sell-off. And that's what we saw in 2016. Everyone thought Hillary Clinton was going to win, not the stock market. Dow was down nine days in a row right ahead of the election, forecasting potentially that change in, in, in the White House that not many wow. people expected. So that that could be one. That's clearly one thing we're really paying attention to here is how stocks are doing as we head into the election. So you're saying right now it appears the stock market thinks Trump's going to win? Yeah, I mean, it, as of right now, yes, because that clock started the three months before, I guess, on what, August 3rd. So we are up a little bit. <clears throat> I've got a, let's see, I've got another one here. Let's see here. So here's a good one, right? So the stock market definitely favors President Trump right now, but the economy doesn't. What I'm showing on the screen here, there have only been four times we've had a recession within two years ahead of the election. So kind of right, above, right in front of the election, right? Every single time that president who was up for election lost. Now, when you don't have a recession, the incumbent president wins just about every single time. It's been right every single time since 1924, Calvin Coolidge. So the economy has correctly predicted the president every single time since Coolidge. Well, last I checked, you know, we're technically in a recession. Our base case at LPLs are probably out of it. But nonetheless, we just had a recession. Clearly, the economy would be favoring um, um, uh, Joe Biden here at the same time, you know, right before that election, we're going to get that third quarter GDP number that's going to be like 25% annualized. And that we've never had a president with the economy coming off the off the ground like that. So it's it's really unique. I got two other ones I think that are cool. I want to show you. So here's approval ratings, right? If you look at President Trump's Gallup approval, approval rating, he's the red there. It's currently about 42%. That comes out to about 49% of the total two party votes. So you need about 50 last I checked to, to potentially win an election, right? I know it's not, not precise Who here knows? with, with electoral votes. Nowadays? Yeah, with, with electoral <laughs> votes, it's not as precise. Nonetheless, you know, his approval rating matters, but check this out. So this supports Joe Biden, like I'm suggesting. Check out this one. Higher incomes, <laughs> higher, it's off the charts, right? I mean, but now why are incomes off the chart this year? We know because of the CARES Act, because of the things going on. So believe me, this one has a huge asterisk next to it. At the same time, this is a pretty good track record also that if people's incomes are increasing, they're probably in a good mood. The economy's probably okay. And they might vote for the current president who's up for re-election. Again, not really the scenario right now, but really interesting that, you know, wages would suggest President Trump right there and then go back to the other one. Approval ratings would suggest a pretty close election, but potentially siding with Joe Biden. All right, market comes back. We are now in the green here. By, by the dip. Yeah, there you go. by the dip, worked overnight. Uh, halfway back on this whole move, the whole break, will take you up to 3440. That would be um, a nice number. Just uh, just talking, you know, interest rates. I mean, the banks, let's talk a few different sectors here. Banks just haven't gone anywhere. And, you know, a lot of people say, you know, you really need a, you know, diversified market. You need the financials. This market just seems to be living on tech alone here. Um, any any thoughts on uh, the financials and just being a laggard or yeah. just going to be permanently just in the dust? Well, I mean, we think it's going to continue to be a laggard here. I mean, you know, what the Fed say? The Fed said rates are going to stay low for a while. That's, you know, we know higher rates potentially help regional banks and some of the bigger banks make some more money. So that's a group, you know, the overall we haven't liked that much at LPL Research. We hear about the cyclical value trade a lot. And honestly, you know, we've really warmed to materials. I'm guessing you guys have talked about some of the improving things we're seeing in materials with some of the relative strength that we're seeing. We also like the industrial group. If you're looking for an area to play in the cyclical value names, those are two that we do like more than financials. At the same time, with the models that we run for our advisors and their clients, we are still tilted a little bit toward growth. And believe me, I know we just had this huge correction. I mean, I get it, uh, at least in the growth names. I mean, what, the largest three-day pullback in Apple since uh, since 2008. Nonetheless, you know, we still think when all said and done, that we don't expect a rip-roaring economy coming back, kind of like what we just talked about with the negative AstraZeneca news. You move back to the safety of tech. Yeah, the economy is getting better. We're probably out of a recession, but this is not a rip-roaring economy. And history tells us we have low growth, low inflation, low rates, that is a tailwind for growth stocks. You reach for growth when you have a low growth environment. And uh, we're sticking with kind of who brought us to the dance. This last couple of days has been rough, but that's still the way we see it. And on the cyclical value side, we'd be favoring materials and industrials over financials. 
Yeah, I mean, tack, tack, tack is uh, is lettuce here. You got uh, correction and now back on our uh, way up. So, uh, Ryan, just any other final comments? I know do you, if, uh, on gold or silver or any of the commodities. I mean, they're yeah. trying to get that inflation, been moving pretty much with the market. Gold's pausing after that big rally and the pullback here. Uh, gold issues uh, kind of following that pattern. Any talk mm-hmm. on uh, gold or I don't know. Yeah, well, we, we, we like gold. We, we've, okay. we've turned more optimistic on gold about a year ago, and it's we've gotten some of the models that we run. So clearly it got a little ahead of itself when it flirted up above 2000. But at the same time, it comes down to the U.S. dollar, right? I mean, we do see major structural changes in dollar. Every 16 years, the U.S. dollar from 85 to 2001 to 2017 made a major peak. I can't make it up. I don't know why, but there's a major peak every 16 years. It just had another major peak a few years ago. History tells us it tends to go, it being the U.S. dollar, tends to be weak for at least three or four more years, which should be a tailwind for gold. So we do like that area. And then, you know, I look at copper. I know copper's pulled back a little bit, but Dr. Copper, so goes copper, goes the global economy. That I think is more of a positive than a negative. And, um, you know, you mentioned stuff to talk about. I, I don't know. Let's hope we have Big Ten football. That's all That's all I'm going to say oh, on that front. Man, it's, uh, I, know, oh, I, know. I don't, I don't know. But, yeah. You, know, you got your bangles, though. Hey, Joe Burrow, um, you know, I, I reached, you know, what I was saying drafts, I reached in a couple of drafts. I took <laughs> Burrow maybe in the seventh or eighth round. I'm like, I don't know, you know, Oof. with AJ Green and all the parts they have and a couple and a couple new tackles, um, maybe we get some better news from the Bengals because I don't think I'm going to get to see too much Ohio State football this year. Or if I do, it's going to be late in the year and they all go pro and it's not the same team. So, I know. Yeah. All right. There's a lot. Yep. All right. We've been on the line with Ryan Dietrich, Chief Market Strategist at LPL Financial. Joins us about once a month with about as good a market information as there is there on Wall Street, even from uh, Ohio State guys. So yeah. thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Great information. And yeah. uh, we'll certainly keep an eye on a lot of stuff you talked about today. Uh, we'll get you set up for next month again. Thank you very awesome. much. Can't wait, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank Thanks, you, Ryan. Ryan. All right, we we've gone green, and we've gone green by a pretty good margin. Holy here. mackerel! Yeah. I think they were listening to Ryan there, <laughs> and they were just like, "Okay, well, we're up twenty five out of twenty six times being out what'd here. What do you say? Buying. What do you say? What do you say?" And then they kept on. Uh, they yeah. kept buying. He just as he kept talking, the market kept rallying here. Ryan Dietrich, market mover extraordinaire, though. Anyways, fantastic information, always from Ryan. Um, yeah. He's so prepared, and I love that Economist uh, when he throws the, the magazines up there from the Economist. And <laughs> it's funny Talk how about, you know, uh, sell the it, bottom, buy the top. Uh, wasn't it uh, Paul Macrae Montgomery that uh, used to do that? Um, his uh, he called it the magazine indicator. I think he passed on, but I remember uh, for years, and he would uh, he it works. Would, yeah, he would provide us uh, with crowded that. trades one on one. Yeah, information, though, but uh, you certainly uh, you can't argue with his homework and the statistics that he brings to his presentation. So we have to thank Ryan there of LPL Financial. Uh, Dennis, what are you seeing? Is it just kind of lifting Rip off? Ripping tech. Ripping tech. That's a tech rack. It was tech rack two days ago. Now it's just tech got to own it. Tesla's up 21 bucks here now. Going to that 400 Mitch target here. Um, Apple trading up two and a half bucks, breaking through 120 here now. NVIDIA, which was up 30 bucks yesterday, is up another 11 bucks here today. So as much as they hated tech two days ago, ever since the AstraZeneca disappointment, they love tech again. AMD trading up at 83.05. My option spread doesn't oh. move. It doesn't move. I went out <laughs> way too far. It's like, Holy, this is just too slow for me, this options trade. No wonder I don't trade options. Anyways, it's a joke, but it doesn't move. It seriously doesn't move. Because <laughs> well, I went out to the January on it. I went out too far. What did it do? It got to what, 88? 80, oh, it got in the 90s. It got up to the 90s, and I'm up like two bucks on that thing. And then it got down at the lows, like 76. So I should be down like five bucks. I put on like 81. And it's down like 50 cents. I mean, it literally is the way to take all the volatility out of AMD and make it a boring stock. We t- the, by, me, by me doing the options trade, I turned AMD into Intel. <laughs> I think you're learning the lesson that I was I learned learn. a lesson. I trade stocks. Yeah. yeah, I'm up like nine bucks. How am I only up a buck in the spread? Anyways, I, they don't say both, I went out. Spinner says I went out too far, and that was the problem. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it happens to me, man. Uh, options are, are definitely uh, hard, harder to pick. Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to some hot stocks, guys, before we end the show today. Yeah. Let's, 
Let's touch a, a SPAC here that's really hot, DPHC. This is the Lordstown SPAC. Um, everyone knows uh, Workhorse owns 10% of this company. And I think Workhorse and this stock run hand in hand. Um, when Workhorse was struggling is when we actually had the pullback in DPHC. Um, I've been talking about the SPAC pattern. SPAC pattern usually happens like this, guys. They announce the SPAC. You get that huge spike. Then Surge. you need to look for the – those huge surge up, then you need to look for those big pullbacks, that nice support, see multiple days touching that support. Then you can say, okay, now I have a clear definition of my risk and reward. Then you can try to attack these. I thought this one looked really nice. Um, on the first breakout of 14, it went up and it rose up there to that 21. You could see the 20 right there, just multiple times. Even you get a doji on that 15 minute chart. I, I think it's looking good to hold that 20 today. Yeah, it's uh, trading up a buck fifty-seven, and that's right at yesterday's high, I believe. Yesterday's high came in at twenty-one sixty-eight. So you're actually right there right now. Hard after hours, someone gave this a little pump right up here to twenty. Uh, did we get over twenty-two? Yeah, it got to twenty-two even. So breaking out hard to be short this one. Uh, Dennis, any comments on uh, DPHC? Spacks are all hot, and even during the tech wreck three days ago, obviously Nasdaq falling ten percent. Whatever uh, Ryan said, four days. Some of the spacks were holding up fairly well. Yes, they got hit, but those were the first ones coming back. And, you know, maybe it's selective perception on my part, but, you know, I look at, like, obviously Shell, Spencer Israel's SHL, Al got really smacked that one day, but it bounced back quickly. And there is just underneath demand for anything to do with an EV spac. Um, and, and with other spacs as well. I mean, we saw LCA hold up very well too, but, you know, these things like it's, it's, it's talked about so much in the media as well that they just stay hot. So there's so many of these facts out there now, but these things seem to have led the charge back in my opinion. Um, obviously now we're seeing Tesla and we other stocks are leading the charge as well, but the SPACs all turn basically on the first day after the, like not even during the tech wreck, they got slammed and then they bounced back and we still saw some of the tech stocks get hit the next morning wasn't the SPACs. The SPACs have been looking pot, looking hot, and they continue to remain hot. So, you know, I like this segment. You know, maybe we should call it Mitch SPAC attack or something. <laughs> but, you know, give us, you know, more SPACs. We love them. I've made some money on them, too. They've been good. Uh, I'll give you an EV chart that I'm looking at right now. Uh, what do you got? EV, I got Solo. Solo. Look at that daily chart. And you, you tell us, Joel, you're the, you're the it, master it, here. It's sleepy. It's sleepy. It's trying. I mean, you found, wow, you had to run up to six bucks. I mean, this is when, guys, you talk about, you know, this is when, when you, you want to strike. Yeah. I mean, you several lows in the same area. $2 stock. What did you have? The three-day low comes in at 235 Yeah. Just need a little catalyst. Can you know? the story get hot again? That's yeah. the question. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a very hot story for a while there, Mitch. Um, um, Solo, you can see back in July, a stock from two to six. And then this one's cooled off and kind of fell out under the radar again here. I don't know if it gets hot again or if they start talking about it. another stock that's very similar chart to this, Candy Technologies, K-N-D-I. These hey, two nice seem one. to move together too, Solo and Candy I. And this is another sleepy one. Showing a little bit of life here. I was playing this for a little bit there. It's, you know, you got yourself, I'd say stop yourself out under the 577 if you're putting this on. Could it, you know, could it get a headline or two or could it get something to kickstart again? It could. That's what it needs, yeah. It could. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, you have some overhead supply issues now. It's not as easy as it once was when they're taking everything out. We've already been up there. So there's people who are caught long this thing now. Same with the solo. You know, when you, when you gave us that last one, the Lordstown DPHC, there's nobody caught on that. There's no overhead supply. The thing's making new all-time highs. Easier for that to go than for a solo to go. Like nope. S&P just went up, and we just kissed on that pre-market high at 11.50. Yeah. I don't think if we quite got up there. Let's see what we did on the last bracket. Uh, this is pretty typical action, you know, for your rollover here. Actually, I have the December up here where, you know, you're rolling over the contracts. It, you know, creates little gaps um, in the market. 
air pockets. So that's what that's what you're looking at here. So nothing major. I, I think you're going to see this kind of kind of rocky day today and tomorrow. Then Friday, of course, on Monday, I think everyone will be into the December contract. But uh, showing a little resistance here at the pre-market high. Four minutes I, to go. Let's, uh, I just want to say as strong as tech is, quietly under the radar here, nobody talking about it yet. Oil is not having a good morning. And maybe we should just go and look at it because it seems like every time oil starts to roll over, it's a little sneaky rollover here this morning, but it is weakening here in the last 20 minutes. And I think that's going to have an effect, obviously, on your oil stocks, but that can also impact your banks as well. So I'd be careful buying your banks. I know, yes, we see Bank America trading up nicely here this morning, up a half of a percent. But if oil continues to roll over, your banks continue usually to get smacked around with that. And remember, IWM, for whatever reason, it's, it's, it's coupled into that as well. You're seeing a little lift in some of the value names. If oil continues to roll over here, I'd be cautious buying the value names today. So we could see more of the same where tech is uh, obvious outperformer there. But be careful with the oil. Oil is weakening here this morning in the last 20 minutes. Uh, put in that uh, double bottom on Tuesday and Wednesday, 36.13 and 36.16. Uh, tried to rally up towards the high uh, from yesterday, 38.45, but now back on back in the red here by 77 cents. I mean, when, when you get two lows like here in the same area and a nice pop, I'm thinking buyers will be stepping out a little bit ahead of it, but good point. I think that that's what added to the tech wreck, uh, you know, earlier in the week to end the last week uh, was oil just hanging out at 43. How many days did we hang out at 43? And then boom, all of a sudden you're five, six bucks lower. So Keep an eye on oil. That could be if there's going to be a little bit something to uh, put some pressure on the market. Could be in the oil. I don't stocks. think it's stopped going down yet. And no. I, you know how I, what I feel about long-term oil. Obviously, if you're listening to the show for any length of time, is I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I got one more trade idea for you guys. All right. Sure. I uh, just want to give you guys something a little special. I did a little bit more research on this one. This is BYSI. Uh, this is Beyond B-Y-S-I. Spring. They Smidge engage off in the board clinical again. stage. Bio, bio, uh, this is the bio company that focuses on development of cancer therapies. What I like is that they yesterday they had quarter earnings, right? Their earnings weren't that good, but it spiked giant. It, like someone else is in this. Um, it got up there to $17. And now I'm seeing multiple holds of that 14. That 14 really looks good for a risk and reward look. Um, this is what I like to look for, guys. I like to look for a stock that had that momentum push, is pulling back, and I'm looking for some uh, big boys to get in this. I'll look for some big orders near that 14 to show me some bag buyers stepping in this one. And this is a lower volume stock, so you yeah. have to be careful. Um, I will let you guys know that. Always know your risk and reward and your complete plan. Like Dennis says, you need to know your out. Always know your out plan. But I, I do like the the kind of the catalyst this has now. Trading higher after the company received breakthrough therapy designation from both the U.S. FDA and China's N- NMPA um, for a chemotherapy-induced uh, indication. So big volume yesterday. Big spike in volume yesterday. What was the, what was the news yesterday? <laughs> earnings oh, and they weren't that great okay and they rallied so disappointing up. earnings yeah. and then overnight we get a positive well actually no this was from tuesday this was had, had news on tuesday i'm trying to figure it out uh it, yeah no it, the earnings was last week this was this so this news was already out there so it already had the pop on wednesday this came out the news was on tuesday morning it had the pop it followed through yesterday i'm just looking at the pro here at the dates yeah. So we've already had the news to a certain extent. We've already kind of had a blow off top from that news, which, you know, obviously it's come back from where it was. So, you know, if you think this news is going to have follow through, then maybe that's the play. But the one thing is this news has kind of already moved the stock and they've shrugged it off. And that is concerning to me. I don't follow the story whatsoever. It's the first time I've ever looked at the stock, but just looking at the pro and looking at it and evaluating, and I'm a news trader, I would speak concern that it didn't hold on to the gains. Yeah, I was just going to say you hit 1736 and then you come back down and close near it. But, but you, you know, you found support. I mean, you filled the gap from yesterday or from, uh, from Tuesday uh, with that low on Wednesday at 1371. I, I think for this, after that kind of topsy-turvy day and big volume, 
I said you need to let it maybe chop for a day or two. You know, like I, I don't think it's going right back up to 17. I don't think it's going 12. But I think if there's some true institutional interest, volume went from 174,000 to over a million. So it could have been a lot of liquidation on this one. It was just 10 bucks. But uh, maybe if we could just hang in here next couple of days. After 1370, uh, if it took out that 1370 low, you really don't have where uh, much to hide. Uh, Two two closes just under twelve dollars. So thirteen seventy, very very important. Nope, Spencer's not on permanent vacation. He will be back on Tuesday. So we're gonna wrap things up here. Uh, major rally here during today's pre market show uh, from the thirty three seventy four seventy five. I believe that was made uh, before we started the broadcast, and we just came up and uh, just kissed that pre market high at thirty four eleven fifty. If you're looking for another target on the upside, uh, that high from yesterday, thirty four twenty four. Uh, Dennis, you have a you have any final comments? Um, again, more of the same. Like I said, watch for the rotation here today. I know IWM is getting a little pop here, but if oil continues to roll over, I would not be surprised if you saw the IWM start to get hit and tech has been your leader. You got to watch. We've had a two day move now here too. We've had a substantial rally. Sometimes they pull the rug out from under you 10 minutes after the open. Where do these tech stocks open? Do they open? You know, they're going to open very strong, but you know, does Apple open at like 120? And then, you know, go up to like 121 and then start to come back under through 120 because if they come back down through those opens, that's concerning. So I would mark, if you're trading any tech stock, I would mark and write down where the opening is. And you see a little lift and as long as they hold the opens, it's still a green light. But if they take out those opening prices, then watch out that we don't roll over. All trading is is scenario analysis and knowing what your scenarios are and being ready to strike if that scenario takes place. So if you start to see like Tesla maybe sneaks up and gets and touches that 400, the Mitch level, and then starts to come off it a little bit and then maybe takes out the open, then that would be concerning for a tech rollover. So I'd be careful. You've had a big move. If you're coming in buying tech stocks now, you're doing it backwards because NVIDIA, $468, now $519 two days later. So we've had a 12, 13% move up in NVIDIA in two days. So now is the time to be booking the profits, I believe, from the stock that you bought two days ago. Like I was saying, you know, I was buying some NASDAQ two days ago because I just thought it got overdone. You know, if I had it on for a trade, maybe now would be the time to start booking those profits. I put some of that in the longer term account. But any tech trade that you've got on right now, I think today's rally, I don't think we get this huge follow through again. We had a huge rally yesterday. I think you're going to find a buyer exhaustion here, maybe even this morning after the open. All right, uh, for Apple, uh, my long-term number is that pre-adjusted split close of 124.81. So keep an eye on that. Still four bucks away. All the information, material, and content contained in this program is for informational purposes only. Investing in stocks, options, and futures is risky and not suitable for all investors. Please consult your own independent financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Join Mitch and I at 3.40 p.m. at the close show. Uh, tomorrow's guest, uh, the Razman, Jason Razdick, the founder and CEO of Benzingo, uh, will join us uh, with a market update. Thanks all for joining us today. Have a good one. We'll see you at 3.40. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.